Dear listener, I'm Dean Ardenfell, and this is The Corporation, the podcast where I interview employees of the many subsidiaries of my favorite multinational conglomerate, Hogswood Cooper Media. This episode's a fun one. First, I spoke with the co-host of a popular show on the HCM Home Shopping Network. What a delight to learn how she personalizes her sales pitches on the air. Then I talked to a crisis manager who deals with disasters created by mutant weaponized animals. I do have to apologize right up front here. In the intro for my second guest, I mentioned that she has a hobby of collecting buttons. And I got so excited about the mutant animals, I completely forgot to follow up and ask her about it. I guess I'll just have to have her back sometime. Before we get into the episode, a quick reminder that, boy, do I love a five-star review. It really helps people find our humble little show, so please hit up Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a nice review there if you have a moment. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? I hope you enjoy this brand new episode of The Corporation. She's the host of the wildly popular home shopping program, You Should Buy It, on the Hogswood Cooper Network. She and her co-host Jalen Priestley helped to sell over $1 billion in goods per year, everything from artificial jewelry to dog sweaters to mascara, all manufactured at the same overseas factory in China. On weekends, she tends to her garden of 12 Venus flytraps. Please welcome Marilyn Whitesnow. Hi, Dean. Hi. Hi. How you doing, Marilyn? Doing great. Great. Well, home shopping on television is still kicking. It's still around. We have a certain audience. There are people who do watch us um, and they have apparently a lot of disposable income. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they're not interested in the internet. That's not their thing. No, um, these are folks who sort of want something handed to them. I see. You know, they're up late at night. Um, right. They're worrying or um, what were the TVs on in the background when they're making pasta? They don't look that stuff up. They don't research things. I see. I see. So they're not looking for uh, a billion po- uh, possibilities. They're looking for one person to tell them one thing that they might they might need. Yeah, or or just want. They don't need it. They don't need it. They wouldn't even think that they want it. But then when I'm there, showing them how great it is, suddenly they want it more than anything. And that's interesting. That that brings me to my first real question here, which is, you know, how do you do that? Because you're so good at it. How do you approach, you know, the, the network will give you a brand new item and then you'll have to talk about it with your co-host for like a full hour. Like, yeah. How do you approach uh, uh, coming up with enough stuff to talk about and, and making it exciting for people? Well, Dean, you can sell anything to anybody if you just create a need. Oh, I see. You find a need in their heart based off whatever random product we're handed. Ah. And we're handed it moments before we go on air. Yeah. So sometimes I think, what's wrong in my life? What are my problems? Oh, you make and it then, personal to yes. yourself. I see. And then I relay that to the the purchaser, the buyer, the yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you could give me an example of that. Like if I were to give you something like, a, you know, a, a makeup kit or something, right. how would you how would you think, oh, I'm going to use my own uh, traumatic backstory to sell this, to make a make need it. for this? Sure. So we don't just sell a makeup kit, Dean. Right, right. These are these are things that you can't buy in normal stores that normal stores won't take. Oh, right. Wow. So perhaps, you know, it's a makeup kit and it's just purple. Oops oh. all purple. Oops all purple. Is that so, the name of it? Yeah. 
Wow. Now it is. Wow, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Great, right. Uh, yeah, so they have Oops All Purple makeup. Uh-huh. So, you know, Jalen and I will we'll talk about, remember when you were a kid and, and all the other girls were wearing all purple and you just couldn't, you couldn't find it. Well, guess what, honey? Now's your time. Wow. Buy this purple makeup, put it all over your face, and you'll be reliving your your youth, your right. failed youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anybody can relate to that. They can say like, well, it might not have been purple makeup for me, but it was something else. Right. And you have so many different kinds of products. Um, I noticed you're very tactile in, uh, you know, like you do. A, you, you guys do a lot of touching of the product and yes. handling of it and turning it over. Yes. And in fact, you're touching a lot of things in my studio right now. Yes. So it's just sort of a habit. You're a very tactile person, huh? Is that is that part of the whole, all part of the gig? Yeah, you have to hold it so that they can picture themselves holding it. So they see that oh, it, yeah? it's real. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you might think that doesn't seem like a real thing. I would want to buy that. That <laughs> seems see. fake. Yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. showing no, they really right. did make... Um, you know, a, a pocket watch that tells you the weather. It's yeah. right here. You can see it. It's not fake. It's not CGI'd onto the desk in front no. of you. Yeah, right. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Oh, really? Yes. So sometimes you can't touch it. Well, so CGI is yeah. computer-generated imaging, okay? I always wondered what that, what that stood for. Yes. So sometimes, a little industry secret, uh -huh. sometimes we just move our hands around and later, Tony backstage, he puts up the computer and he'll make the product. No kidding. But if we touch it, they're like, it has to be real. <laughs> Wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's really interesting because, you know, sometimes I'll be watching and, uh, and the, the manner in which you're handling a specific product seems almost entirely inappropriate for what the product is. Correct. Um, and, and I've always wondered that. So now, now I know you're handling like a green tennis ball or something. Yes. And then later on the product has been put in there and most people don't notice. N most people are very stupid. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. They'll just, They'll say, oh, wow, it, it looks like she's daintily holding a dumbbell. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. She must be very strong. Their brains make connections that ours don't. They'll justify it They'll if they have to. It. Right. I can't believe I never thought of it. Yeah. I guess I'm just one of those dum-dums. It's the magic of television. It's okay. Wow. Wow. Have they, you ever bought anything from You Should Buy It? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I, I tend to be up late at night and uh, my friends have told me that I'm fairly gullible. Mm. Um, and I think that's part of it is yes. that I get really sucked into the storylines. So I've got, you know, I've got quite a bit of crippling credit card debt, actually. Well, that helps yeah. you to know all that money does go to afford my extravagant lifestyle. Well, so you I know, appreciate it. It all goes really in the coffers of Hogswood Cooper Media, which is my favorite mega corporation. So yes. uh, I'm happy to do it. Um, and I'm happy that you've got a, a great life uh, out of this. So Thank you've you. become very successful, huh? Yes. That's exciting. I, um, I have many boats. Oh, wow. Okay. I have um, a lot of friends, hangers on, Oh yeah, but that's what that's what they say. Once you get successful, then your friends just become, you know, they're not. You don't know who your real friends are, right? Because people just want to be close to your wealth and fame. Yes, and I don't. I don't care. And you don't mind. <laughs> I just want friends. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't care about them. They don't care about me. But my yeah. Instagram looks great. Yes, and if I mean, doesn't matter what kind of friends they are, as long as you can call them friends. Um, you know, the thing that a lot of people have a problem with with the, is that you know, as I mentioned that. All of your products come from the same place. They all come from a factory in China. Yes. They all have v very high petroleum and, and mm. plastic and yes. sometimes even lead content. Yes. Um, and I know that sort of the, the position of the company has kind of been like the federal government can't test every product. Here's the thing. People, uh, they say that they want quality products, right? Yeah. But then they complain when the price is high. So I'm really giving them what they want. I'm giving you some cheap crap. 
yeah. that you can buy and fill your home with. It's interesting you call it cheap crap because, you know, I've almost never heard you say anything like that on the air. Well, it seems like you're, you're really trying to talk it up as like better than average quality when you're talking about the product on the air. Yes, on air to my audience. See, my audience doesn't listen to podcasts. That, they don't read. That's probably true. They're not on the internet. They're yeah, never yeah. going to find this. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is actually quite refreshing. <laughs> to be able to talk honestly. Yes. I mean, I don't want get to you, get you in trouble, though. Do you think the, the network might be, uh, but might find out that you're calling the, the stuff crap? Oh, no. The network doesn't care. I bring in so much money. Uh-huh. They let me do whatever I want. So you have like almost like an Oprah-level immunity. Yes. You can do what you want. Huh? You said it, not me. Wow. How does that feel to, to have that amount of power? It feels amazing. Yeah. Whenever I walk in a room and I sweep my cape around... People, it's a beautiful uh, cape, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> did you did you get that from from the network? No, or? this was very expensive. I see. Oh, yes, from the network. They bought it for me. I see. As a, it, that's why my name is etched on the back. Yeah, but it's not a product we could buy on the on the net, the Hogswood Cooper Shopping Network, though. You you can't buy it. What's my show called? You should buy it. You can't buy it. Dean. You can't buy it. Should you be the don't name of that. make enough money. I see. Uh, that, I love the you can't. You you should buy it. I mm. love the refrain. You should buy it. You and your co-host shout it pretty much every ten minutes the entire. You way should buy it. Yeah, yeah. That's always a fun refrain. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I want to talk real quick about your uh, your hobby. You you've got a garden full of Venus flytraps. That yes. must be difficult to maintain, huh? It is. Um, you know, they fly, so it means I have to have a lot of filth around my home. Oh, you can't just get flies and feed them? No? Where where would you get flies? I, I realized I didn't know the answer to that question the second I opened my mouth. Yes. Yeah. It's an easy, free way to get flies. Why would you buy flies when you could just uh, have garbage pile up in the corner yes. and they, they sort of materialize out of nowhere? Yes. So it makes for the houses a little uncomfortable for some visitors, but... I'm paying them, so I don't mind that much. You're paying the visitors. The visitors. They don't play the flies. The flies are there to die. <laughs> so this seems like a, like a strange situation you've gotten yourself into. You live a life of luxury with yeah. many boats and capes, but then these 12 Venus flytraps are kind of running your life because now you have like piles of filth and garbage around. You know, what, what do you get out of this cycle? And isn't it difficult to live amongst all this? Sure. I think it's important for everybody to have multiple sides of your personality that different people see. My audiences see mm. me as chippy and 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 peerless on stage. And yeah. you get to see a little rawer side of me where I'm unexposed. Right. And, and my Venus flytraps get to see me at my most humble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They see me, you know, bringing trash in from the car and just dumping it. Um, they see me crying and, and trapping flies with my hands and trying to feed it to them. And, and I, I like that they have power over me. Interesting. Interesting. So, I mean, I don't want to armchair psychoanalyze anybody for sure, but it does seem like, you know, a lot of times when people get into situations where they have a lot of power over a lot of people, then um, they seek out situations where the power is wrested from them, you know, like um, BDSM, for example. It's almost as if the Venus flytraps are that for you. That's exactly, that is on the nose, on the button. Wow. You know, I've never felt happier than when I... (laughs) When you're a Venus flytraps bitch. Yes. <laughs> I see. You said it. You should buy I, it. I, I almost never curse on this podcast, but uh, it seemed appropriate at that, that moment. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, fascinating, fascinating stuff. I, I hope you'll stick around. We're going to bring our second guest in here, but uh, uh, really interesting stuff. Uh, folks, my second guest today loves animals, but thinks they could be even better. We'll find out what that means. But first, let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
you should buy it on the Hogswood Cooper Network. Starring me, Marilyn Whitesnow, and my co-host, Jalen Priestley. We're on air all weekdays from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. We'll help you buy things that you didn't even know you needed. Are you the least favorite grandchild? Buy a bucket. Have you ever needed a sweater for your dog? No? Does your boss overlook you for a promotion? Buy a potted plant. Does your daughter hate you? Buy a slanket. Are you unafraid of lead poisoning? Try our lead pencils, lead pens, lead quills, and lead typewriters. Every item we sell is manufactured in the same overseas factory. That means you get the same standardized quality. Is the quality good? Who cares? You should buy it. I'm Marilyn Whitesnow reminding you that all your problems can be solved. Give us a call and we'll send you some crap from China. Oops, did I say crap? I meant great stuff, great quality products all the way from China. You should buy it on the Hogswood Cooper Network, a family corporation. And we're back. I'd like to remind you at this point, as I do every show, that I, Dean Ardenfell, am not and have never been an employee of Hogswood Cooper Media or any of its subsidiaries. Okay, we've been talking to Marilyn Whitesnow from You Should Buy It. And now I'd like to bring in my second guest who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. She is the crisis management director at Biophobia, a cutting-edge military contractor that genetically engineers animals for the express purpose of bringing harm to battlefield enemies of the United States. From super murder hornets to radioactive crocodiles, Biophobia is creating some of the most fearsome biological weapons ever devised, and it's up to my guest to manage things when a project goes sideways. In her spare time, she collects buttons. Please welcome Lindsay Yoghouse. Hi, Lindsay. You got it. That's right, Dean. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Amazing. So genetically modified animals to use as weapons. Mm -hmm. How fascinating and exciting that is. Oh my gosh, it is my passion in this life. Wow. Biophobia, more like bio, I love it. (laughs) I'm not scared. You're not scared of it. I'm not, I'm not. That's, I mean, at least somebody isn't, because it seems like this is some of the most fearsome technology we de- developed right now. Um, animals that have like characteristics that, you know, make them very fearsome in a battle environment. Mm-hmm. And then you deploy them, uh, you know, sometimes secretly uh, through the U.S. military. Yes. Um, how effective are these animals uh, in a battlefield environment? Oh, you know, I'm not I'm not the stats guy, you yeah. know, uh, but I would say I would say between um I'd say maybe 110 percent even. Okay. Like sometimes we overshoot and yeah. get even more than what we bargain for, you I know. Think, so you're really good at PR and that's part of your job. Thank you I'm so much. guessing that reason you're saying 110% is that sometimes these animals will kill not just soldiers, but also uh, civilians. Well, you know, we honor life sure. of animals and you can't tame all of them. They have their, mm, their, they have own, their own instincts. Their own instincts. Exactly. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, we try to do this as ethically as possible. They're free range animals. Oh. Um, we give them the, it's like a, it's like a parent with a child, you know, sure. we raise them. Um, but once they're out in the world, they're out in the world. Yeah. 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 You've sort of trained these animals to do mm-hmm. a specific thing, but if they decide to have a mind of their own at the last minute and veer into town, then you can't stop them from doing it. There's always, there's always one bad egg, you know? Sure. Sure. And I know, you know, you do a lot of R and D in the, in the States and you've had some, some cock ups and stuff, uh, here and there with some of your development. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's where you come in. Mm -hmm. You kind of manage not only the crisis of the site itself, but Mm -hmm. also the PR fallout of that sort of thing. So, um, what happens when like one or more of these animals, uh, gets out of the lab, as it were, and starts to create havoc in an American town where they're not intended to be causing harm. Oh, gosh. You know, what we like to start with is starting with the children. We don't want them to be afraid. Mm. And 
we do a lot of outreach with elementary schools. Oh, yeah. Um, and we give them the opportunity to, in a safe environment, take the um, the animals, well, the animals before they're genetically modified. Okay. Um, and have like a petting zoo and see, see, this isn't so scary. And then when they see um, our genetically modified animals in the wild, uh, maybe um, days, years later, right. they feel a little less afraid. Sure. Um, it doesn't help with the fatality rate, but I think that it really raises morale. Yeah, that was what I was going to suggest is mm -hmm. that maybe if you're indoctrinating children to mm -hmm. trust these animals and then you're making them more deadly, then the mm -hmm. children might actually like walk up to a deadly animal when they shouldn't. Uh, so it, you might be counterproductive in that way. Yeah, I appreciate your input. Thank you so much, Dean. <laughs> oh, you're very good at that. You're very good mm -hmm. at the, the public relations part of this. Um, you had a, you had a, a situation where a bunch of very oversized locusts basically oh. raised a town to the ground and uh, and people were a little bit up in arms because you paid every resident $25 and a $10 Starbucks card and never showed up at the town meetings. And, uh, and so I, I wonder like what, how do you set the limit of, of cash payout and how do you uh, manage the PR fallout of mm. these sorts of things when people are all mad at you? Mm, that is an excellent question. Well, what we have found through research is that communities like it when they're able to sort of, manage the fallout themselves. You know, oh, yeah. they don't want too much oversight from big companies, big government, big pharma. Right. Um, they don't want handouts. These are good American people. Hmm. Um, we give them a, a modest handout, hmm. enough to put food on the table. This, let's at least say we care, right? We care. Hmm. Have um, have some sous vide egg bites while you're at it, you know? Okay. We want these people to live well. Um, and then we step out for the town meetings because it's... It, it, it honestly, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading on this. Um, it's a little patriarchal, you know, it's like we're the dad and we're like right. sitting in on the kids meetings and it's just, it's not the environment we want to create. So it's not because you're scared of the townspeople. No, no, no. It's because we believe in the will of the people. I see. I mm -hmm. see. That makes total sense. Yeah. I agree. Um, so, uh, you also have to design these animals based on the enemy terrain that you're sending them into, right? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't send a, a, a razor blade tentacled octopus into the mountains of Afghanistan, <laughs> for instance. Um, so that's silly. That's a, that's a, a thing you must think a lot about mm -hmm. what kinds of animals, uh, you know, go in which battle zones and like, how, what are you going to modify them to be able to do? Completely. Like what kinds of things are you most excited about? Oh, okay. Well, it's it's military, you know. It, it's hard to we got to keep some right, of it some under wraps. Secret, yeah. I guess my my favorite project that is out in the world right now. Yeah. Um, uh, my husband worked on this actually. Oh. Um, it's a camel. Um, but the humps instead of containing water, um, it's two bombs. Each hump is a bomb. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and um, we created it so that the animal is actually able to survive the first bomb explosion, <laughs> and then able to walk over somewhere else and then explode a second wow. time. So, <laughs> wow, it can't it can't be happy though after the first one's gone off. Oh, <laughs> well, um, I guess not. No, no, but. Oh. But, you know, like you said, you're trying to do it as humanely as possible, right? And yes. that's such an important point. Like a lot of bombs, when you set a bomb mm -hmm, off, mm -hmm. you know, the conventional wisdom is set the bomb off, then mm -hmm. wait five, ten minutes for the response team to show up mm -hmm. and for a crowd to form and then set a second bomb off. So a camel's perfect for that, right? Yeah, conventional wisdom. My grandma told me that. Your grandmother told you about mm -hmm. two bombs, the two bomb yeah, theory? Well, she didn't tell me that idea, but, no. you know, it's it's her wisdom, you know, passed yeah. down through generations. So, so you take that wisdom and uh -huh. your husband, he's an engineer of some kind, I yes. assume. And then you and then you 
put it together with different animals until you find it's almost like one of those children's books where you turn the pages and you can combine different things right it is totally like that is actually part of why we work with elementary schools because kids oh, yeah. are so creative oh, you so know kids actually are helping you brainstorm these weapons well i wouldn't say they help us brainstorm i would say that they inspire our engineers oh. um i think it's really important you know as we all get older we get further away from our childhood yeah that's how aging works sure. and um you know, seeing these um, very creative drawings from children who are tasked, we, we give assignments to kids sometimes. And oh, my God, they come up with the darndest things. They really I do. Bet. So you task a room full of kindergartners with brainstorming um, mutant weaponized animals. Oh, and they love it. And what do they come up with? Well, a lot of it is just uh, the Ninja Turtles again. Okay. Um, and it's, yeah. it's you know, it's not our copyright. We can't do it. I hadn't even thought of the fact that Ninja Turtles essentially are that technology. They're mutant. It's yeah. in the name. Yeah. Um, right, I, right. I, I didn't, I can't say all the words together because I will get sued. I see. Um, ugh, I had one. <laughs> this was good. It was a flamingo, um, but it just like, um, it's really glittery. And I, I thought that was so sweet because oh. um, I didn't know how this kid realized the long term effects that glitter could have on an environment because it's microplastics right you know sure. it could really poison some wells um and is it I, possible that kid just misunderstood the assignment um i don't like to underestimate sure children yeah. i believe in children i believe in young women um and so so you think that child thought microplastics long-term long effects yeah I, it's smart, smart so kid. smart so smart yeah we wow. get some amazing kids i have seen that you guys make the parents sign a contract mm -hmm. that essentially says that any brainstorms their child comes up with are mm -hmm. yours to use mm -hmm. and have you ever actually used those uh to create anything in the uh, i'm not at liberty to say Dean. i bet you aren't yeah oh yeah. you little trickster <laughs> you're not gonna get that i i gotta try though i gotta mm -hmm. try i'm not a real journalist but i do think like one um oh sure uh I'd love to bring my first guest back in here and see what she yes. thinks of all this. You know, obviously we're both in sort of product development, but on different yes. sides of it. Um, what do we, th what do we think of this? I could sell that flamingo. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you could. I'm sure With you could sell skills? a lot of this stuff, but you know, it's not available to the public strictly, right? Oh no, no, no. Unless you have $5 billion starting point. I see. I'm seeing, I always like to see ways in which my guests can mm. possibly uh, work together or help one another. Yeah. And now, obviously, M Marilyn, if you enjoy this uh, feeling of sub subservience that yes. living amongst uh, filth and Venus flytraps gives right. you, then fine. Um, however, I just thought perhaps, you know, we have someone here who actually has the power to be able to engineer a Venus flytrap who maybe doesn't need flies or maybe could live on its own or as long as it could be trained, obviously, not to attack you. Um, or you could train it to make them more vicious. Yes. Well, I, if you could make the Venus flytrap so it attacks me unless I give it a fly. Oh, oh. You, so you, that's what you would prefer? Is it would yes. be more aggressive? I An aggressive Venus flytrap that makes you its servant and it, it, it bites you. I will certainly pull some strings for you. But I mean, if you were to engineer this sort of extra aggressive, larger version of a Venus flytrap um, for Marilyn, mm. then uh, possibly biophobia could actually turn that into a product that they could sell to the military, yeah? Although it is rooted in the ground, so that might be tricky with mobility, right? Well, I, I have seen models of plants where they're in pots, and that is mm. a lot more mobile. Sure. Um, but, I mean, a soldier carrying around a pot, like, that's silly. Is that it? is just silly. Can you imagine? <laughs> Let's all take a moment. Like a soldier carrying a pot with a Venus, a large Venus flytrap into battle. You don't That's think ridiculous. That, you don't think that would work? No. No. Are you sure you only want to sell to the military? Because I could, I could sell this stuff like hotcakes. I'll talk to my husband. He makes all the decisions, of course. Yeah. You'd say, do you have an enemy? Do you have a neighbor that you hate? Oh, well, I've got a bird for you. Wow. A bird? I thought it was a plant. 
uh, anything. I'm any, any oh, I'm just I'm spitballing <laughs> here. I wonder if um is you know there's a lot of gun owners who t- mm-hmm. talk about pr- personal safety and they have guns yes. in their homes for personal safety, um, but some people either don't want guns or can't have them legally. Yes. And I wonder if there's a market out there if biophobia had a, a commercial wing and they created something for personal you know protection. Pop over to the H- Hogswood Cooper Shopping Network and and Maryland could sell it for you. What do we think of that? That is a wonderful idea. A home protection. Service. Service. Can you make a parakeet that shoots bullets out of its mouth? Oh, we can make anything. I can sell that and you should buy it. And that's the show for this week, everybody. Marilyn White Snow was played by Colleen Goodhue. Colleen is a super funny Vermont-based improviser. She performs regularly with the team Big Boy Sweater Club. Lindsay Yoghouse was played by Addie Iring, a stand-up comedian who's been tearing it up in Burlington, Vermont recently. I'm Nathan Hartswick playing Dean Ardenfeld. You can follow this podcast at The Corporation Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and visit the website at thecorporationpod.com. Please subscribe, please review, tell your friends about the show. And if you're in the Burlington area, I hope you'll check out a show at Vermont Comedy Club and say hi. See you next week, everybody.